Well, I'm on an assignment tonight, very much like if you've been planting any vegetables, this is the time of the year where you better put some miracle Grow in some water and go out there and make sure you're watering it, giving it nourishment that it needs so that that fruit of what is in the DNA of the seed might come to fruition. And if, there, if it's a continuation of fruit, that it can continue providing for you. Well, let me tell you what, we sow the Word of God in this house. Jesus said that this is when you teach the Word and preach the Word, it's like a farmer sowing seed. But he said just because the seed has been sown doesn't mean it's going to bring fruit. And he gives the story and, and he talks about how the farmer sowed the seed and some of the seed fell on the hard soil. And he goes on later to explain the hard soil is where there was no understanding. They didn't understand it. They didn't receive it. And the fowl of the air, the birds of the air, which represent the enemy, came in and stole the seed. There's no harvest. There's no fruit. There's no multiplication. There's no benefit from the word there. Some of the seed, Jesus said, fell on uh, some stony soil and uh, the, the, it went in. And because the surface was very rich in nu nu uh, nourishment and, and nutrition, uh, it said it sprouted up quickly. But because the rocks and the hard places had not been dealt with, when the sun came up, it scorched, the plant died, fruit never came out of that. Then he said there was some fell among the thorns and the thistles of that which was of the natural uh, growth of things. Uh, and uh, because it was preoccupied soil, had other things growing in it, uh, it choked out the seed. The, the, the plant lived, but it did not produce fruit. Then he said some fell on uh, good soil, produced 30, 60, and 100 fold fruit. I'm here to make sure the Lord can use me any way he wants that we get the seed in the good soil, and then we take care of that seed, we water that seed, we nourish that seed, we don't forget about it so that it will grow up and produce 30, 60, 100 fold. How many of you know the supernatural, miraculous Word of God in your life producing 30, 60, or 100 fold is meaning 30, 60, or 100 times of the miraculous in your life? So, so it's, a good, it's a good return for your investment. And here you are tonight. We're here to get the Word uh, watered in us. I, I don't know about you. How many of you uh, read the Bible one time and you've never needed to revisit it? You've never needed to meditate on it again? You got it. You're just good to go. And uh, anybody in here ever, you fi find yourself in that position? I, I haven't. I would love to say I could, but I can't. I have to stay in the Word. And I have to meditate on the Word. Which In the Word, in the Hebrew where we meditate on the Word is the Word we get ruminate, which is what a cow does when he eats his grass. It goes into one uh, a chamber of a stomach, then it comes back and they chew on it and that cud and it breaks it down even more and goes on for digestion. And that's where to ruminate on the Word of God. So... If I need to be encouraged in the Word and reminded of the Word and go back and study the Word, uh, I'm believing that there has to be at least one more person in this sanctuary and in this congregation that needs that as well. And there are things in the Word that we need manifested in our lives. There are some things in areas that we see where the enemy seemingly is getting uh, the upper hand. We don't need, just need to ignore uh, our position in the Lord and let the devil just have his way, we need to go back and visit the Word and meditate on the Word and water the Word and, and, and bring forth uh, anything we can in spending time in the Word so we can make sure that the Word is bringing forth fruit in and through our lives. One area that I know the enemy is always working so hard, he did in Jesus' time, and he does even today, and that is trying his best, John 10 and 10, to kill, steal, and destroy. 
He is trying to kill us. He is trying to destroy us. He is trying to steal from us. He, is, he doesn't play fair. He doesn't, have a, he doesn't have a heart. So we can't appeal to his, you know, any sense of, of, of a heart he has. He just, Jesus said, he's about to kill, steal, and destroy. And in that same verse, Jesus said, but I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. I would rather move into the abundant side of Jesus' promise rather than uh, the, the reality of the enemy stealing and killing, killing and destroying in my life. Amen? So in order to do that, i got to come to the Word. i got to get the Word. i got to hold on to the Word. i got to nourish the Word because the Word produces life. Abundant life, Jesus said. Jesus was the Word in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God. But the Word came and dwelt among us. Here, Jesus is the Word, and He's given us the Word that I've come to give you abundant life. So I'm going to revisit a subject uh, this evening that I need to revisit, and I'm hoping it's going to help you as we re revisit it together because I'm sick and tired of seeing the devil just seem to be unchallenged in this area. So what I want to talk to you tonight about are 12 irrefutable facts of healing that we find in the Word of God, 12 irrefutable facts of healing that the Word of God teaches us. This is going to encourage our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Can anybody encourage me here tonight and say, you need to hear this message? You need to hear, okay, three of you, four of you, all of you, praise the Lord. So we need to hear this message, and I know I do, because if the enemy's about to kill, steal, and destroy, that means he's, doing, he's not sleeping, he's not slumbering. He is only about trying to bring destruction in our life. And I need to be working out on my understanding of the Word of God so I can stand strong on the Word. I can, I can take the, the, the shield of faith and I can take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and I can take my helmet of salvation and my breastplate of righteousness and my belt of truth and my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, praying, spiritual warfare, praying in the Spirit, and I can move forward into all that God has for me. Stand on that which He has promised and that which He has given to us in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and following, here God gives us some instruction. And He's talking to us. He says, My son, give attention to my words. We're going to give attention to the words of God. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Sounds like there is a temptation that we could look at something else. We could look at circumstances rather than the Word of God. We could look at situations rather than the Word of God. We could look at what someone's saying rather than the Word of God. We can look at what's not happening rather than the Word of God. So he says, you've got to be careful here. He said, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, and do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. And look what he says about his words. They are what? Life. Jesus said, I give you abundant life. I've come to give you life. This abundant life, and this Hebrew word for life, K or K-E, is that life, abundant life, from the skeletal structure out. It means from the marrow of the bone out, a life, a healthy life, a strong life, a blessed life, K-E. So to those who find them, and health, Marpe, health uh, uh, or profit or healing or soundness of mind is what that Hebrew word means, to all of their flesh. So he's talking about our body here. 
this basar, the body or the, uh, and the blood relations that we have here. So he's talking about our physical bodies here. So let's not spiritualize this only. Let's understand God's Word brings this life to our physical bodies as well. Somebody say, I receive it in my body. Amen. So he tells us that we have to have a relationship with his word just as we are in relationship with his spirit. Now I know here at Charismatic Church we love the Holy Spirit. Yes, we do. But the Holy Spirit wrote for us uh, this book. He inspired men, moved upon men, and they wrote. And we have the record of God and his instructions and his heart and his desire to us. So we've got to give attention, incline our ears, and not let it depart from our focus. We've got to stay focused on what God has promised us. We've got to focus, stay focused on the instructions of God. Who in here would say, you know everything and you need not any more instruction, revelation, or illumination? You just got it all. Anybody? Okay, we can't even joke and say that one, can we? Because we know that a lightning bolt may come from somewhere, and we know God doesn't hit us with lightning bolts, but, but we would feel like, wow, there's no way I can say that. So to believe for your healing, we have to discover in His Word that it is God's will to heal you. We've got we've to get that fact settled in the very basis of our mind and in our heart. Now, now, most people believe that God can heal, but they're not sure that God will heal. And I know I've spent many of my years there. Oh, I knew God can, and if He wants to, He'll do it. Okay, just like God wants the whole world saved. He's His will that none should perish. Well, then why didn't He just do it? Well, there is some involvement of mankind that we have to partner with the will of God as we partner with the Word of God and we become instruments of the Spirit of God to see the heart of God manifested on earth as it is in heaven. So, for a lack of, of right understanding of God's attitude and God's will on healing, many people remain sick and die. Good people, godly people, but they just don't fight it. I want to try to speak to you so you'll fight it. You will fight it. We're in a battle. We're in warfare. And, and there's nothing worse when you're in a war than soldiers that lay down their, sold, uh, lay down their, their uh, ammunition and they lay down their, uh, you know, their, their, their weapons and they just say, you know, if God's will be done. If we're going to win this war, God will cause us to win it. No. He wants you to take up your sword. He wants you to take up your weapons and He wants you to fight the good fight of faith. So we've got to learn to fight in this war. Fight the good fight of faith. If I go out, I'm going to go out fighting. I can guarantee you that. I'm going out fighting because I, I know what God's Word says and I know the heart of God for this. He says in Hosea 4 and 6, my people are destroyed or they perish for a lack of knowledge. So we need to study what God has said and we need to get what God has said in our minds, before our eyes, in our ears, depth of our heart place that gets into our heart so out of the abundance of the heart then our mouth will begin to speak the word of God rather than the circumstances that we see so when you learn from God's holy word that it is clearly God's will to heal then you can pray according to his will with great confidence and he says in 1 John 5 14 he says this is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will we ask what? anything according to his will he what he hears us 
And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of Him. So it's not just knowing that He hears it, but we know that we're going to receive an answer to that prayer and that request based on the Word of God. But He says this is the confidence. So we have to have confidence when we come and approach God. And I believe many times the enemy has, has, has slowly uh, eroded our confidence and, uh, and to the place where we come and ask, but we're not approaching with confidence. I want us, while we're still breathing and being able to, 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 to function in our own strength, I want us now, now is the time to build our confidence. You don't go and start working out on your Nordiflex and working out with your, your free weights when the robber is in the driveway getting ready to break into your house. That's not when you start working out. If you want to defend what's yours, if you want to build your strength, you need to do it little by little, daily by day, right? And then you'll, you'll get stronger and stronger and stronger to where the enemy says, I'm not messing with that house. I'm not messing with that dude. That dude squeaks when he walks. That, that, girl, that gal, she, she take me down. And the devil says, I'm just going to have to back off. That's what I want. I want the devil to say, you know what? I got to leave this, this guy alone because he's so strong in the word of God. Amen? So let's build up our confidence, and we, I can't build your confidence up by just promising you something out of the blue, but I can by promising you the promises of God and what His Word says. So let's look at these 12 irrefut irrefutable facts that it's God's will to heal you and heal today. Hallelujah. The first one is this. It's the Father's will has been revealed to us in and through Christ Jesus. Jesus said in John 14 and 9, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So if you want to know the will of the Father, if you want to know what the Father says, if you want to know what the Father desires to be done, Jesus said, look at me, study my life. That's why I've been down here for three and a half years after my 30 years of preparation and now in three and a half years of ministry, he says, I don't say what's on my mind, I say what the Father says to me. I don't do what, what I want my flesh to do. He says, I do what the Father tells me to do. So that I am the example, I am the perfect representation of my Father's will, my Father's heart, and my Father's desire. So as we study the life of Jesus, not only are we seeing what Jesus has done, we're seeing what Father God desired to be said and done here on this earth. Hallelujah. So... Uh, we see here in uh, John 5 and 19, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, that the Son can do nothing by Himself. He can do only what He sees His Father doing. So here's what Jesus was doing for us. And it is the will of God to heal because we see it was Jesus uh, demonstrating here healing on this earth. Uh, we see that God demonstrated His will in His Son through Hebrews 1 and 13. The Bible says the exact representation of the Father is seen in and through Jesus Christ. Amen? So Hebrews 13, or 1 and 3, uh, is, is there. So when we study the life of Jesus, how exciting it is to see this is what God wants for me. When we see what Jesus did, this is what God wants for me. This is what God wants done in my life. When you see what Jesus did, because he's re, re, uh, being that representation. Now, let me, on the subject of healing, what is the Father's will that's been revealed to us in Jesus? Well, Matthew 12, 15 says, Many followed him, and he healed all their sick. 
Many followed Jesus in Matthew 12 and 15, but it says, and he healed some of their sickness. No, he healed all, all of their sick. He healed. Matthew 8 and 16, Jesus healed all the sick. Write those scriptures down. Go and study it. Back check it if you want to. This is what the Word of God says, that Jesus didn't heal just some. He healed them all. He healed them all. That means a lot. Now, remember, we're building our confidence so that when we approach God, that we can, whatever we ask, we can believe to receive it, and, and we receive it. We have what we ask for. So we're building our confidence in that. So we need to know what the Word of God promises and shows us, and we know that the will of the Father is revealed in His Son, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus was here making that demonstration, the Bible says that He healed all to them. Now, never do you hear Jesus praying, Father, if it's Your will, please heal this person. Never did He say that. So you should never say that. Listen, you should never say that. That's one of the most common things I've heard people say. Well, if it's God's will for me to be healed, I'll be healed. Let me tell you what, it is His will. Demonstrated in and through Jesus as He healed all, it is His will. You need to have the confidence because if you put that if in there, you've just messed up with your confidence factor right there. So Jesus knew it was the Father's will and He was here, uh, God incarnate, and He was here to demonstrate the Father's will and show us and in doing so, He never asked the Father, do you want to heal this one or you want to leave him sick? No, He healed them all. Now that's very, very significant. John 5, 19, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by Himself, as I said earlier, but only that which the Father is doing. So He did what the Father wanted done here on earth, and the Father wanted everyone to be healed. So somebody just needs to say, thank you, Father, that you want me healed. Hallelujah. You need to get that into your spirit, into your mind, into your heart, and then get it out of your mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you need to, every day, Father, I thank you that you demonstrated through your son Jesus that you wanted me healed. I'm not asking, is it your will? I know it's your will. You want me healed. You don't want me to live with this insecurity. You don't want me to live with this setback. You don't want me to live with this infraction. You don't want me to live with this infirmity. It's your will for me to be healed. Building your confidence in the Word of God so that your faith has that to operate off of. The second thing is God has not changed. One of the irrefutable facts of healing is God has not changed. Now, Jesus has not changed, not one bit, in his uh, uh, desire to heal, and, uh, and, and it, because that's just what the Word of God says in Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Uh, he said, Malachi 3 and 6, I am the Lord, and I do not change. I, the Lord, I do not change. So God is a God that is not changing his mind. Oh, you've been a bad boy, so I've changed my mind. You, you need this sickness. Uh, you know, uh, I've been looking at what's going on in Israel, and, and, and I forgot about you over here. So, you know, if you just, if, you know, just deal, deal with it. Your sickness isn't that bad. Just deal with it. Uh, no, that's not how God is. He has not changed. Jesus healed them all. Hallelujah. And then the third thing, God did not create sickness. A lot of people say God created sickness, but Genesis 1.31 said God saw all that he had made and he said that it was very good. We know sickness is not very good. It's very bad. 
So it wasn't what God created, okay? And we need to understand that. It's not good. It's bad. It's not of God. Uh, and sickness was never God's will. Look at Acts 10 and 38, what the Scripture says. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all, say all, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He healed all. They were oppressed of the devil. God did not create sickness. It was a work of the devil. It was a work of the devil. And Jesus healed all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He went about doing good. Sickness was not good. You say, oh, but all things work together for good to those who love God and call according to His purpose. Thank God He can do that. He can work something good out of everything, but just because you're going through something bad doesn't mean God wants you to go through that. Thank God He can redeem something favorable out of it if we go through it. But he didn't put you, he didn't give you that car wreck so that you could get a new car. He didn't call somebody to T-bone you to give you a new car. God can give you, help you get a new car a different way than that. Let me tell you why. Jesus went about doing good. And he was here to represent the will of the Father. And one of the good things he did is he went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Say, sicknesses of the devil. Come on, say, sicknesses of the devil. Sickness has got to go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Another irrefutable fact of healing is there is no sickness in heaven. You say, well, praise God, we get to heaven, we won't have to deal with sickness. But let me tell you what, if there's no cancer in, in, in heaven and diabetes in heaven and arthritis in heaven or any other diseases in heaven, we know that God's like, wait a minute, it's not my desire, it's not my will to have this junk around. Here around my throne, you don't see any of that. You don't go up to God's throne and one block over, you've got poverty and you've got sickness and disease and lepers and all, do you? When you get in his kingdom, he says, you know, when you get to heaven, he says, look, there is none of this. There are even no tears here, the Bible says. Hallelujah. So Jesus, teaching us in Matthew 6 and 9, said, this is how you pray. The disciple says, you do all these miraculous things. He says, wow, we see it's out of your prayer life. Jesus says, well, let me teach you how to pray. And one of the things he said is, we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the kingdom of God, he says, pray for that kingdom of heaven to come to the earth. That's what Jesus taught us to pray. So there is no sickness in heaven, and he's prayed for us to pray that as his kingdom comes into our life and in our home and in our uh, sphere of influence, that the kingdom of heaven would manifest and the kingdom of hell would have to be dispelled in Jesus' name. Praise God. Darkness has to flee because light has come. So I want to rise up every day, and I'm preaching to myself now. I tell you, I needed this message because circumstances and situations and, and, and speed bumps of, of life uh, uh, get your attention off of attending to the Word. And remember he said you got to stay focused on the Word. you got to hear the Word. you got to get the Word in your heart so then it can come out of your mouth. And as it comes out of your mouth, the Holy Spirit will take the Word that you've come in agreement with and bring forth the manifest of it around you. But you got to come to God with confidence so that what you ask, you will receive. And our, my confidence has to keep getting refreshed with the Word. Reminded of the word. Hallelujah. And it's God's will that we pray every day, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, in my body, in my home, 
in my business, in my workplace, in my cubicle, in the warehouse, wherever I'm at, let the kingdom of God come here on earth as it is in heaven. Praise God. Praise God. Then the fifth thing is sickness is a curse of the law. You get Deuteronomy 28. Read those 48 verses. Read them. I'm telling you what, you'll see how the curse, the curse brings in sickness. It opens the door for the devil to come in and do some mighty ugly stuff. But we see we've been redeemed from that curse of the law. We've been redeemed from it by what Jesus did on the cross. Galatians 3 and 13 says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is he who hangs on a tree. So it wasn't that Jesus just died. He died to shed his blood to pay our sin debt. He died to offer us righteousness because uh, we couldn't uh, work for it and we couldn't earn it on our own. But he hung, he died on a cross. It wasn't just that he died, but where he died. He died on a cross so that this loophole in the law of Deuteronomy could bring a curse on him without making Jesus sin to get the curse on him. Because if he sinned, he could have got the curse on him, but then he would have been disqualified to shed precious blood, sinless blood, spotless blood to pay our sin account, right? So to remain sinless, he couldn't sin to get the curse on him. But he said, I've come to take the curse off of my people. The curse of the law, Deuteronomy 28. I'm talking about, uh, talks about cancers and, and boils and sickness and disease and leprosy and all this stuff that is there. And he said, barrenness and all this stuff is just there. He said, wait a minute, I'm going to take it off of them. He said, Father, you remember, Holy Spirit, how we wrote in Deuteronomy this loophole in the law that if, if I hang on a tree, I don't have to sin, I can just hang on a tree and then the curse will come on me and come off of them. Hallelujah. I love it that Jesus said to Pilate, he says, nobody takes my life. He said, you're joking me. They tried to kill me when I first preached my first sermon. They tried to throw me off a cliff. They couldn't do it because dying at the bottom of a cliff wouldn't bring a curse on me. They've tried to do everything they could to have me. They tried to kill me on that whipping post, but they could have beat me till my ribs uh, was nothing but bone showing. He said, I still would have lived because nobody's going to take my life. He says, I came to give it as a ransom for many. So he says, I've come to go to that cross. I've come to go to that cross. You think it just happened to be someone there that could pick up the cross when Jesus fell and the physical uh, 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 exhaustion and, and brokenness and, and, and weakness that he was coming from that scourging post and he fell? Do you think it was just by coincidence that there was somebody there to carry that cross? They could have just beat him right there in the street and killed him right there, but he had to hang on the cross. The Holy Ghost had that thing set up that that man would be right there and that he would carry that cross all the way uh, to where it would be placed so that Jesus could be put on that cross so that this curse could come off of him. Now, if Jesus was willing to go through all of that pain and all that agony and with that back ripped, the flesh ripped off of it and the blood trying to come back together and the scab all over, but yet he's having to push up and down on that wooden uh, timber to try and breathe another breath of air until it was time for him to give up the spirit, his spirit. Let me tell you what. Why would we, uh, him hanging there, nailed to the cross, feet and hands, there he is going through all of that. Why? So that the curse could come off of us. How dare we just sit back so lacks of days ago and say, I'm just going to live under the curse. I'm just going to let the curse keep doing its work in me when Jesus did all of that to redeem, to get the curse off of you. Come on now. 
So we need to be reminded. We need to be built up. We need to have ourselves, we need to be challenged to say, Jesus, look what you've done for me. How, how can I just say, well, I lost someone here, or I lost this battle, or I know this person that lost that battle. I'm just going to throw in all of my weapons. I'm going to throw in my position. I'm going to throw in my... No! Jesus, you did too much. And one loss is too many. Amen? So let's try and stop the losses for the future generation. Amen. So he, he redeemed us. And the Bible says in verse 14 of that, Galatians 3, so that the blessing of Abraham and the blessing of Abraham contained in it that you would be healthy, you'd be prosperous, you'd be strong, you'd fulfill your divine assignment. You'd fulfill your divine assignment. Hallelujah. So he says, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, even the Gentiles, because there's somebody would say, surely the law was for the covenant people, the, the Israelites or the Jews, and it wasn't for the Gentiles. It specifically said not. They were outside. They were like dogs. Well, Jesus said, what I've come to do is even bring the dogs in. Amen. Even bring the Gentiles in. This is for anyone and everyone who will believe. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So sickness is a part of the curse of the law. And we as Christians are redeemed from the curse of the law. Say, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. from the curse. I'm redeemed from the curse. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Then another irrefutable fact that we want to look at is he is the great physician. Forty-one times the scripture shows us uh, the record of Jesus healing people. And when you take the duplicate accounts like you find in the Gospels, it's 72 times the Bible gives us in the New Testament record of Jesus himself is where he is healing people. Sounds like he was very focused and very intentional to make a point that healing was a big part of what he was bringing back to this earth. And in those times he healed individuals, and in those times he healed multitudes. So there's really no record of how many people. The Bible says there's not enough volumes of books in the world to, to record all the healings and the miracles and all that Jesus did. So it's much more than that. He's a healing God. Jesus said, I've come to demonstrate the will of the Father as a great physician. We've got physicians in this house. I see Dr. East is here tonight. I don't know if I've seen Dr. Wing yet, but we've got physicians in this house, Dr. Dooley. And, we've got, and they are called of God, called of God to study everything that they can, that whatever uh, area that they practice in, that they can bring health. Nobody goes through medical school. Nobody goes through the internship. Nobody goes through residency. Nobody does that so that they can just go around and say, look, I'm a doctor. I can wear a white coat. I can go buy a white coat a lot cheaper and wear one and get me, you know, my, my, I dress up like a doctor as well. I mean, so they didn't do it for that. There, there's this desire in them. There's this calling in them. There's this, this passion in them that, wait a minute, that, that they may not even realize it, but it was put in them, maybe even at birth, where God says, my healing DNA is in you. And I want, I want you to, to rise up to your divine assignment, and I want to use your hands, and I want to use your mind, and I want to use what you know to help bring relief and, and assistance to the people that are in pain and the people are being held back. Praise God. So Jesus is the great physician. He was when he was on this earth, and he still is, for he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. There's a seventh irrefutable fact of healing, 
and that is the revelation of John. When we look at the revelation of John as he is revealing to us the will of the Father, we see that uh, in 3 John 2, he said, Beloved, I pray. Now remember, this is John who had his head laid upon Jesus at the, at the Last Supper. This is the friend of Jesus. This is Jesus' beloved friend. He loved. He was the only one that was there at the cross, the only disciple at the cross when Jesus was being crucified. And so that Jesus even said, Here, John, take my mother, and you take, and you take care of her. And he gave her care to John there from the cross. This is the same John that was called up into the third heaven and got to see heaven. And he got to see Jesus glorified. Hallelujah. So John knows the heartbeat of Jesus. John knows the desire of Jesus. And here he says, this is what I pray. This is how I wrap it. He's an old man now. He, is, he was at the end of his ministry. He's at the end of his, coming close to the end of his life. And he's wrapped it up right here in this last little sentence. He says so much. He said, this is what I pray. That you may prosper in all things and be in health and be in health just as your soul prospers. I'm telling you, He has given us as a best friend of Jesus and one who has spent time in heaven and was allowed to come back to this earth and talk to us. He's saying, let me tell you what, let's wrap it up. This is my prayer. This is my desire that I see for all of you that you would prosper in all things. God, say that. Say, say that means me too. Say that. That means me too. Some, some of you got to get over this. You've damned yourself and you've cursed yourself and, and in, the, in the guise of humility, you have allowed the devil to have an open window or an open door to come in and, and steal, kill, and destroy. I say, shut the door. Bar the windows and say no more. That God wants me to prosper in all things. Don't go around bragging that you got a 1910 car that you had to push half of the way here and think that we're going to all celebrate that you got a broke-down junker that you had to push here, how wonderful and humble you are. Let me tell you, nothing wrong with you getting in a, a vehicle that you don't have to worry about it breaking down and have a little AC blowing out of those vents in 100-degree weather. Nothing wrong with that. Now, if that's what you're after and that's what you feel like is your status symbol, well, you, you definitely do need to humble yourself. These are just tools. These are things that we use to get to and do what God has called us to do. So, so it's not, I had this, uh, I had this uh, young lady uh, in our neighborhood, one of the young kids was coming and uh, she said, uh, you know, I, I just uh, got a question and uh, said, you know, how is it that if money is the root of all evil, how is it that churches uh, ask for money? And, uh, and this is one of the kids in the neighborhood. And I said, well, money, uh, or maybe, uh, maybe in the church, youth group, or maybe somewhere, I don't know, but it came to me. And I said, well, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible never says that money's the root of all evil. Right? It says the love of money. There's a big difference in using money, which really is inanimate. It, it doesn't have any spirit or soul or anything about it. It's just a, a, a tool, a resource that we have, whether it's dollars or whether it's euro or whether it's cattle or whether it's whatever, uh, you, you trade uh, for services and products and so forth. It's the love of it that is the root of all evil. It's why the Bible says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. And that rich man doesn't mean a balance sheet over a million dollars. That in the Greek, that, man, that, word, that phrase rich man means a man that trusts in his riches. 
So if you're trusting in your riches to get you to heaven, easier to get a camel through the eye of a needle, whether it's a sower's needle or whether it's a little gate that they have to crawl through and take their packs off, whatever the theology is, he's telling us a rich man cannot get into heaven because he trusts in his riches for salvation. It's not your riches that saves you. It's a Savior, and His name is Jesus. And here John is saying, as a Christian, as a brother or sister in Christ, his, he, He's praying that you would prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. And then there's this irrefutable fact, the Great Commission. Jesus, before He ascended into heaven, He gives us the Great Commission He's commissioning us to go forward. And he said, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Then he goes on and says, and these signs shall accompany those who believe. In my name you'll drive out demons. Amen. And you will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. They will recover. So we see that part of the Great Commission is to have healing in it. That Jesus doesn't want these lost people groups and these lost families and these lost people to live under the rule and the reign of Satan anymore. He says, drive out the demons. Get them freed up from the lies and the, and the uh, uh, hold of the occult on their lives. And let's get that prosperity in all things, even their health. Lay hands on them and let them recover. Hallelujah. Part of the Great Commission. Sounds like it's important to God that before His Son Jesus would even leave this earth that He gives us a Great Commission and He includes in it healing. And He didn't say just to some people. He said, lay hands on the sick and they will get well. Hallelujah. They'll recover. And then, ninth irrefutable fact that I want to talk about is declaring the kingdom. Jesus commanded that the kingdom of God would be declared everywhere we go. He said that everywhere the soles of your feet shall tread, there you have authority to establish the kingdom of God. And the kingdom, this word kingdom in the Greek means the activity of reigning. So when we usher in the kingdom of God, we are ushering in the activity of the reign of God. Not rain, water, but the rain, R-E-I-G-N. The, the rule, the, the, the manifest of the presence and the will of our King, Jesus. Hallelujah. And this uh, reigning is broken down into three areas. I've got them up there for you. It brings deliverance to the captives. It's to bring deliverance to the captives. Isn't that what Jesus preached? That He came to set uh, the heal the brokenhearted and set those who were in prison free? to set them free, those that were blind, to set them at liberty, praise God. So he wants us to do that, bring deliverance to the captives, those that are bound by anything to bring forth the deliverance, to exert the authority over the enemy. So as we usher in the reign of the kingdom of God in and through our lives, King Jesus, we are to exert the authority over the enemy. That's why the Bible says when Jesus, you remember Jesus when he's raised from the dead, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth, all authority has been given unto me, and I give it to you. Authority says, over all the power of the enemy, and the enemy by no means shall harm you. Hallelujah. I give you the exousia, the authority over the power of the dunamis. So the dynamite that the devil has, has can be ruled over with authority. To where you can say, you're not going to light that fuse here. You're not going to put a cap on that dynamite here. You're not going to bring destruction here because we have authority over all the power of the enemy. 
So he's exerting the authority over the enemy. We have to exert the authority. That's that confidence that God wants us to have, but we won't have it if we're God's people perishing for a lack of knowledge. So God calls up pastors like myself and says, you're going to teach my word. You're going to preach my word. And you, you better be careful what you say because this isn't about your kingdom because your kingdom can't defeat the devil. This has to be about my kingdom, God says. So he says, now notice, better to have a millstone tied around your neck than you to be a stumbling block to any of my children. He says, your kingdom will destroy them. So this isn't about Tim Lambert. This is about Jesus Christ. This isn't about my word. It's about God's word. Hallelujah. I understand that. So I here encourage you and teach you what the word says. And you may make, make you feel a little uncomfortable, but that's not for me to say. I can't pick and choose. I can't preach to itching ears. i got to preach the truth because the truth is what sets us free, right? And what we have the responsibility, not your pastor. That's why in this church you don't see pastor praying for everybody. You don't see pastor having to visit everybody. You don't see pastor having to, to support everybody. Because that's a man-centered, or if that pastor is a woman, that's a woman-centered church. And if the pastor goes, the whole church is out. The whole church is over. The whole church shutting down. Just got word this week. There's a church that's looking to sell because they can't, they can't function anymore. They, they lost this pastor, and they give him a name, and, and, and I knew him, and he was a great man. But they said, this pastor, when he left, our church died. And on these years since he's left, we've just dwindled and dwindled and died. Well, let me tell you what. I'm here to say whether Pastor Tim's on the, uh, pul in the pulpit or Pastor JBCD or whatever. I don't know. I'm not going to say a name because I don't want to prophesy. You know, I, I want to stay here. I love this house. I love you folks. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, but I'm to teach you to exert the authority of the kingdom of God over the enemy. That way, if you're in your house in the middle of the night and the devil tries to break in, you don't call Pastor Tim and say, oh, get over here, get over here, get over here. you like, wait a minute. I'm not looking to waste time on calling Pastor Tim. I'm coming to where the devil's coming in. And I said, you get back. I resist you in the name of Jesus. Get out of here. And you start pleading the blood of Jesus and using the power the blood is provided for you. And you plead the name of Jesus and you stand your ground. You take your sword of the Spirit and your shield of faith and your helmet of salvation and your breastplate of righteousness and your belt of truth and your feet are shod with gospel and Holy Ghost praying and you stand, withstand what the devil's trying to bring against you. You have to exert authority over the enemy. Now if you need some help, we'll come alongside and help, but we're not going to do it for you all because then you'll be crippled. We'll leave you crippled. We come alongside, but we're not, we don't need a pat on the back saying, oh, if pastor hadn't prayed, we would have been, been lost. I want you to be able to say, I prayed in the name of Jesus, and Jesus did just what Jesus said he would do, and the Holy Ghost showed up. Hallelujah. And you confident to take care of your household. Praise God. Praise God. And then, as far as this kingdom mindset, when we bring forth the kingdom, usher in the kingdom, it also is co confers blessings upon God's people. God wants you blessed. And when you establish the kingdom and stand for the kingdom, the, sh the showers of blessings, they just, that's, where they, that's where the rain is. I've been in some desert parts of our land where there's no rain. And where there's no rain, everything looks dead and everything is hot and everything looks dry. And then I've gone from those places to other places within the same week where it may rain nine months out of the year, 
And the trees are so tall and so big, you can drive a car through them. I came from a place where sagebrush is the only movement of, of plant life that see just, just blowing in the wind where there's no rain. But I've gone to places where there is rain and people were lined up with their cars, their, their, their four-wheel drives to drive it through the tree and take a picture, their motorcycles to drive it through where there was a lot of rain. Where you usher in the kingdom of God, there was a lot of rain but it's the brain of blessings. It just comes with the kingdom. It comes with the kingdom. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my life on earth, in my life, in my house, let me tell you what, rain comes with that. But it's the rain of blessings. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Isn't it great to know that God's got such a great plan for us? Man. And then number 10, irrefutable fact of divine healing and God's desire to heal is God hates sickness. Look at somebody and say, he hates it. Come on, be bold. Tell him, he hates it. The, revive, the Bible reveals that God not only uh, advocates health, but he abhors sickness. Some people say, well, God gave me this disease. He abhors sickness. He didn't give you that. Come on now. Leviticus 21 clearly reveals that God would not allow sickness in His presence. Here on this earth, when the temple was uh, built, and there was the outer court, and there was the court of Gentiles and all that, and the women's court, and, and then as you came in, there was uh, the holy place, and then there was the most holy place, the holy of holies, where they had the, you know, the Ark of the Covenant that, that represented the presence of God. And as you came into the inner courts and the holy place and the holy of holies, nothing sick, nothing diseased could come into his presence. God says, I will not allow it. Read Leviticus 21 and see how specific he was about that. Okay? Now in the New Testament, the Bible teaches us that our bodies are now the temple of God. Did you know that? You're not a God, but your body is a temple that He chooses to come, if you will allow Him, to dwell in us by His Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple? You are now God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you. Hallelujah. Now, I've done some of the heavy lifting for you, and to break that down, as God gave it to us in the original Greek language, not in English or King James or, or Latin or anything like that. He gave it to us in Greek, and he did that for a reason, because the Greek language is so specific. It splits hairs specific. And he says, you are God's temple. You are God's temple, naos. Naos. Say naos. You just spoke Greek. Man, look how smart you are. Hallelujah. He says, naos, not Aaron, but naos. There's two words for temple in Greek. There's Aaron and there is naos. Now, you've got to get this. You've got to get this. This word temple used here, naos, has been so mistranslated in our English. Uh, we just see it as a, a building or something. In this, when you look at the comparison of naos with Aaron, we see that Aaron means the full temple, did I put that up there? 
means a full temple, yeah, where there was also the court of the Gentiles, symbolic of the world of sin. You remember it says in Galatians 3, 13 and 14, or verse 14, that God redeemed us from the curse of the law by coming a curse for us. Cursed is he who hangs on a tree so that the, Abraham, the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, even the Gentiles. Okay. In the Old Testament mindset, Gentiles represented the unbelievers. The unbelievers, they were, out of co- they were not in covenant with God. They, they were the ones that were trying to uh, be the, uh, uh, you might would say, the terrorists that would try and destroy the people of God. And uh, they were called the Gentiles. So Aaron talks about a full temple, talks about everything that's considered to be a part of the temple, which would be the court of the Gentiles, uh, where sin and sickness and all that could be out in the court of the Gentiles. But God said in Leviticus 21, that cannot be in the inner courts, the holy place and the most holy place. Now guess what naos means? You see it right there. Naos is a Greek word that means the special sacred part of the temple that is called the sanctuary or the holy place where the Holy of Holies was. That place that has been sanctified and made pure and holy, and that is the naos. Hallelujah. So, in the temple... In the naos, he talks about our body is now what? The naos. Our body is not the Aaron. It's not the place that allows sin and brokenness and disease. Our bodies are the naos. Body's a temple. This means a lot if you'll get it. Do you get it? Your body is the naos. It is the holy of holies. Where the Spirit of God dwells, where sickness was not allowed where God hated sickness and shown it that you will not bring that which even a a sacrifice, a lamb couldn't have a broken leg, a lamb couldn't have a blemish, a lamb couldn't be sick, a dove couldn't be sick. No, he says, because the naos is where the wholeness is. Hallelujah. So So here he says that sickness has no divine right in our naos or our sanctuary or our bodies. So go ahead and put your hand on your body and say, My body is the naos of God. And no sickness, no disease is welcome here. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's contrary to God's will. And by faith in His Word, you have the power of the Spirit of God and the authority of God to drive it out. Just like the priests, they bring a, a, a cripple into the, into the naos and the priest would come in and say, no, you got to go. Sickness has got to go out of the naos. you got to go back to the Aaron. Well, you now are a royal priesthood. You're, you're, you're a priest, every one of you. If you're a born-again believer, you're a priest and you're a king. Now, one of your priestly duties is if you find anything dragging brokenness and sickness in your body, you've got to take the authority and say, you've got to go. You've got to go. You've got to usher it out in Jesus' name. You've got the Word to stand on and the power of the Spirit of God backing you and the authority of God to do it, but you have to do it. You have to do it. Amen. God just hates sickness because it's not from Him. Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. And God's not going to celebrate what Satan's doing. When we've had to deal with sickness and disease in our bodies and or in our loved ones' bodies, did we rejoice over it? If you did, you need to have your head examined. You had a sick child. You, did you rejoice over it? I'm so glad you're sick. Oh, this is going to make you such a much better person. And you held your child and said, 
you know, if the sickness is unto death, God, you just need another angel. Where is that theologically correct? If God created us a higher than the angels, why are you going to, why are you going to go say you got converted to an angel? You got, you got demoted to be an angel. Come on now. So we need to stop talking stuff we've heard out there and start talking what we've heard from the Word of God. Amen. Amen. So John said, 3 John 2, he says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you'd prosper, that you'd prosper in all things. You would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Then there's 11th irrefutable fact that we need to look at. And this one here I could preach a whole sermon on. I won't tonight, I promise, but I could. We have a better covenant. I actually could teach a series on this. Some of you say he sure can. <laughs> a better covenant. Psalms 103, verses 2 and 3. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Now that's Old Testament. If we didn't have Jesus and all we had was Psalms 103, verses 2 and 3, we still shouldn't put up with sickness and disease. But guess what? Hebrews 8 and 6 says, we have a new covenant that a new uh, high priest, a better high priest, has mediated for us. The high priest is Jesus Christ. It's built upon better promises than the old covenant. It's a better covenant. Hallelujah. So the old covenant says, I praise God because God, you, you heal all of my diseases. That's old covenant. Now in the new covenant, it's better. That which is better does at least what the old did. You got the better approved tide. You would expect it to at least clean what the old tide cleaned out of your clothes, right? But it's better. It's going to take care of the ring around the collar too without you having to spray it with something extra. It's better. So with the better covenant, it takes care of what the old covenant did. And David's singing and rejoicing in the Old Covenant because of all the benefits that come in the Old Covenant where God forgives all of our sins and heals all of our diseases. So the Old Covenant, the New Covenant, covers that. But it's even better. Hallelujah! So now we don't have to have a, a, a pastor or someone else make a sacrifice for us. In this better covenant, all we got to do is receive the once and for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ. By your stripes, I am healed. It's a done deal. I receive it. It's mine. I take hold of it. I wrap myself up with it because I have a better covenant with Jesus. Hallelujah. And then let me wrap it up with this. Twelve irrefutable facts that God is a healing God and wants you healed, is He's our healer. He said, I'll reveal to you my character. I'll tell you my nature. You want to know what I think? Let, you know, instead of us sitting down and you interviewing me to, to know what I think about healing and what I, how I feel about healing, He said, I'll settle it, the fact, all together. I'll name, not my child, I'll name myself. This is my name. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am your God, your healer. That word Rapha is a physician. I'm your God, your doctor. I'm your God, your healer. I'm your God, your Rapha. He, he wants you to know this is my character, this is my nature, and this is what I think about healing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. He's our healer. Say, God, you're my healer. Just say, God, you're my healer. 
Say Jehovah Rapha. Call him by his name. That's in Hebrew. It's what he called himself. Jehovah Rapha. Yeah, I am, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am your God, your healer. These are all the promises that God has given us on healing and so many more. And they're all available and they are free and they cannot be purchased. It's not how good you are or how bad you are. But let me tell you, they're not automatic. They're dependent upon some action on our part. God's provided salvation in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Isn't that what it says? Confess that He is Lord. And believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead and you'll be saved. Salvation, you couldn't earn it, you couldn't pay for it. It's made available, it's right there right now at any moment, it's yours. But you have to ex exercise faith to receive it, or it's called appropriate it. You appropriate it by faith. I confess Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe that God is raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. Call upon the name of Jesus. You'll be saved. That's what the Bible says. Right? Same with healing. It's available. It's God's will. It's, it's been prov the provision has already been made, but it's not automatic. That's why in Proverbs 3, 7, and 8, he says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Don't get locked into being wise in your own eyes. Well, this is what I've seen. This is what I've experienced. This is, what, this is all I've ever known. Don't get wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, meaning reverence Him, that you truly believe that God is stronger, wiser, greater than you are to the place you will humble yourself and worship Him and say, God, I'm here to be trained by you. I'm here to be influenced by you. I'm not going to influence you to my will. I want my will to be influenced to your will. Said so this will bring health to your body. You'll tap into receiving and nourishment to your bones. Anything that's weak in you will be made strong from the inside out as you receive the word and its truth. And it becomes nourishment to you. Amen. Hebrews 13, 7 tells us that we are to remember the leaders before us to imitate their faith. To imitate their faith. So it tells us in Hebrews 13, the same uh, book of the Bible that tells us about our better covenant, it says this covenant, everything is appropriated by faith. And then it gives us this hall of faith. It is this museum, you might say, and all these displays of all these men and women of faith in, in, in throughout the Bible. And it says imitate their faith. And then it talks about imitating Jesus, the Bible says. And, and Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 4 and 16 that, that we should imitate Him. Imitate Him as because he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says, he says I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what Jesus wants me to do. I'm going to say what Jesus wants me to say. So he says, follow me as I follow Christ. And in Ephesians 5 and 1, it says, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Why? Because He has given you kingdom rule here over your sphere of influence so that you could rise up as a royal priesthood, a king and a priest, and exercise the authority that you have to see His kingdom's reign in and through your life. Just like God does, He wants you to do. Amen. 
So please don't dismiss the supernatural and water down all of this to mean that there's just, uh, you know, I'm just to imitate the moral qualities of those men and women of faith. No. He said, imitate them who stood there and saw the waters part and walked across on dry ground. Imitate those that took that uh, uh, lamb out of that bear's claw and out of that lion's mouth that stood before Goliath and says, I come against you, not with the strength of this world and its weaponry, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. He said, imitate these men, imitate these women that, that brought in the, and ushered in the kingdom rule of God in their sphere of influence. I pray these 12 irrefutable facts that God heals today has encouraged you, has helped inspire you, and has challenged you. Take it back to the Word. Study it. Meditate on it. And then imitate it. Amen? Because God wants healing in this earth. It's part of the Great Commission. Jesus heals by His stripes. Actually, Peter tells us that we were healed. Isaiah says we are healed, but Peter says we were healed. He puts it in the past tense even. I mean, he's trying to get the point across that this is a done deal. Take hold of it. Walk in it. I pray if there's any sickness in your body, any brokenness in your life, that the Word of God would cause you to rise up. A soldier, maybe you've been, been, been in the, you know, what's it called? The... Uh, triage or you've been being recovering from something but instead of having shell shock and afraid to get back on the front line that you'll put your helmet of salvation and your your breastplate of righteousness and your belt of truth this word of God and you'll take your feet shed with the preparation of the gospel of shalom nothing broken nothing missing you're going to bring in the kingdom where there's nothing broken and nothing missing and you take that shield of faith that uh, that shield of faith will quench every fiery dart the Bible says and you take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and let it come out of your mouth and you begin to declare the word over your situation and your circumstance and then you begin to pray in the Spirit, invite the Holy Ghost, and then you stand and take that ground back in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Praise God. Father, we stand in your presence. As we stand in your presence, let this be symbolic that we stand on your Word. We stand on the truth. We stand on the foundation of your Word. Hallelujah! And we say, Lord God, we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I pray, God, as we exercise our faith even now to believe you to receive, Lord God, the healing virtue of heaven on earth that we would declare I am healed in Jesus' name. I am whole in Jesus' name. I am strong. Yes, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let he who is bound say, I am free in Jesus' Jesus' name. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am blessed because the reign of the blessings of the kingdom is upon me. And I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed coming out. And I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed standing up and I'm blessed sitting down. I'm blessed. I'm blessed because I'm ushering in the kingdom. The kingdom. Hallelujah! In the name of Jesus. And 
and I excise and I get rid of and I rebuke and I resist and I cast out all brokenness and all sickness and all deformity and all loss. I cast it out of my naos right now for I am the temple of the Holy Ghost and that does not belong here. It's got to go in the name of Jesus. Weakness, go strength, come. Poverty, go blessings, come. Brokenness, go wholeness, come. Sickness, go health, come. Sadness, go. Sorrow, go. Joy, come. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Fill this temple for the joy of the Lord is my strength. I open up and I fill the temple with joy. Joy. Joy unspeakable. Joy. I will not walk with my head held down. I will walk with my head held up and I will declare the ways of the Lord. I will declare the word of the Lord. I will declare the promises of God. I will declare this better covenant that I have in the name of Jesus. A name that is above all names. That at that name every knee's got to bow. You got to bow. You got to bow to the name of Jesus because Jesus is supreme. Jesus' will is the will that will be accomplished here in my body. Yes, thy kingdom come. Yes, thy will be done on earth in my naos right now. This body, my home right now in Jesus' name come. Come kingdom reign. Come. Let healing come. Let wholeness come. Let strength come. Let blessings come. Let the light of God come. Let the strength of God come. Let the power of God come. Let the peace of God come. Let the anointing of God come. Let the Holy Ghost power come. Let the dunamis of God come. I say come. Holy Ghost come. A word of God come. Healing come. Yes, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord God, you've raised up men and women in this house that have a desire to see others healed. They have a desire to see others see the full manifest of your word in and through their lives. And while some have done gone to great study and great length and great investment to do it with every resource possible, Lord God, uh, Lord, there are others that are limited only to your word and limited uh, only to your name. But God, we know, we know that where man falls short with every good attempt that they have, your name never falls short. Your blood never falls short. And Lord God, these ministers of healing, that if you, and God, I prophesy, I just hear you say, speak it. There are many, many more ministers of healing that will be coming. Many will come and be raised and trained up in this house. Many are coming will be raised and trained up in our healing school. Many will come and be raised and trained up and they will employ and use their gifts in the healing rooms. Lord God, I see it. Lord God, you're bringing them into this house to bring it into this around this altar as well. We thank you for that, God. Increase, increase. You have such a desire to see your body healed to see your body body whole hallelujah so I'm just calling forth as a sign of this prophetic word for those that know that God is calling you and has, has ordained you and anointed you to be a, be a hand outreached of the healing virtue of Jesus Christ I want you to come uh, as healing ministers and stand at this altar and make yourself available right now for closing prayer because there may be others here tonight 
that they've dealt with sickness and dealt with loss and brokenness and it, and it has touched them so personal that they need someone like that paralyzed guy needed four friends to carry him and bring him through the roof uh, to bring him before Jesus. They need somebody to help them. Lord, all of us have been at that position at one time or another. We, need, we just need somebody to help us. Come alongside us and help us walk this truth out. So as these healing ministers position themselves, if you're here tonight and you need somebody to stand in agreement with you, maybe for someone that's not here or for circumstance or a situation in your body or in your life or in your home, I want to just welcome you while I'm praying. Just while I'm praying right now, just step on out, step on out. And as a sign that this prophetic word will be fulfilled, we're going to go ahead and step out and start seeing it happen right now. That those that are in need are going to come face to face with provision, face to face with supply, face to face with an instrument of righteousness that God is going to use to lay hands on you tonight. Just lay hands on you tonight and pray the healing power of God to overtake and flood your body, flood your life, to cast out that spirit of infirmity, to rebuke that spirit of infirmity. It is not welcome. You don't want it. Let's rebuke it and let's kick it out right now. So if you need prayer, would you come? Somebody just to stand with you right now. There's no need to leave an anointing like we have in here right now. We're in need. If you have any need, maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe it's something you inherited. And, and everybody says what you inherit, you got to keep. Let me tell you what, that's a lie. There is healing. There is healing. That, that, that God says that by, He was bruised for our iniquities. A bruise He bled under the skin to take care of that which passed on to us under the skin. That which we're born with. You don't have to live with it. You can put a stop to that thing right now. You can exercise. And we've got men and women here right now. We'll stand with you and help you exercise that authority of the kingdom and as you exercise the authority of the kingdom drive out put to run put to oust that which is not of God hallelujah Lord we just pray God if there's anybody here maybe someone's tuned in and they're watching live or they're watching this on the internet or television or somewhere Lord God that they would just reach out right now but I thank you there's no distance with you that they would reach out right now and they would just reach out to one of these prayer uh, ministers that are standing here and say, I'm reaching out to stand in agreement. Prayer minister, if you're here and you don't have anybody you're praying with right now, I just want you to begin to intercede for those that are reaching out to you right now. They see, they're watching, they see that there's nobody with you, so they're reaching out to you. And I want you to just go ahead, prayer minister, and begin to release that healing virtue. The healing virtue, just like Jesus told that centurion. He says, you know, you understand that I don't even need to go into your house. You understand that if I say it's done, it's done. You, there's no other greater faith that I've seen than this here. This is amazing. He said, go, your servant has been made whole. Somebody's reaching out right now to one of you prayer ministers that doesn't have anybody with you. And if all of our prayer ministers are busy, I'm just going to pray you reach out to me and I'm standing with you right now. And we're sending the word of God right now. We're sending the word. We may not be able to physically come into your home, but we're sending the word of God right now. As Jesus did with that centurion, we're sending the word of God into your home. We're sending the word of God into your physical body. We're sending the word of God into that troubled circumstance. And we're releasing the healing virtue of Jesus Christ. And we rebuke every spirit of infirmity. You go. 
go in the name of Jesus. Jesus cast out the spirit of infirmity and then he healed them. We cast out the spirit of infirmity. We come against the work of the devil. We call the devil who he is. Go in Jesus' name and healing come in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So I declare unto you right now, you may be a thousand miles, two thousand miles, three thousand miles, or just around the corner, but you're tuned in here right now. I'm standing in faith and agreement with you, and I'm saying in the name of Jesus, let the healing virtue of Jesus Christ be manifest in your body and in your loved one's life right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It is done. Stand upon the Word of God. Don't let the devil come back. Don't let him lie his way back in because he is a trespasser and you make you withstand against the evil wiles of the enemy hallelujah lord we just thank you god for what you're doing around this altar tonight in these lives these individuals lord god we thank you for what you're doing in this congregation lord god we thank you that healing virtue is flowing in a mighty mighty way we thank you lord god that the the morning is turning into dancing lord god well, the beauty is coming forth out of ashes, Lord God, in situations and circumstances. As you are the lily of the valley, Lord God, you're bringing forth the bloom of beauty right now in the valley of their life. In the valley of their life where the enemy thought that he would hold them and they would never see beauty again. Yes, there's the lily coming forth in its great beauty. Thank you, Lord. Their life is not done. It's not over. The best is yet ahead. That may be hard for our mind to understand, but Lord, help our heart to receive that truth. Our best days, our greatest joy. It may seem impossible because of the circumstances, but the circumstances lie. God wants to take us from glory to glory, from faith to faith, and from love to love. God has a better day ahead for you. And all you need to do is let your faith arise. So that you can take hold of it and begin to walk in it for his glory and for his honor hallelujah praise god lord we just thank you for everyone that is here tonight what a blessing god for them to take their time and to come here and to support what you called us to do lord lord i thank them as they've sown into what we're doing here lord god i pray right now we'd come back to them pressed down shaking together good measure running over lord god as they go into the remainder of this week and the remainder of this night lord god let them go forth in your blessings and in your favor lord keep your hand of protection upon each and every one we pray for it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen.